1: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
0: Welcome to Cheaper Than Therapy, a podcast that journeys into conversations that demystify, destigmatize, and desensitize what goes on both inside the therapy room and in daily
2: life. I'm Vanessa Bennett. And I'm Danae Logan. And we are seekers, soul sisters, and holders of Sacred Space. Every week, we sit down for soul-provoking conversations with fellow seekers, thought leaders, change makers, and even real people during live coaching sessions as they navigate the hard work it takes to be a human. This is Cheaper Than Therapy. Hey, everybody. So excited to tell you some news that we have. So, we've heard your feedback. (laughs) <laughs> and we are listening, just know. I hope you know that. So Danae and I have done a bunch of week-long intensive retreats, and we've gotten a lot of you reaching out saying, "Ah, oh, so long. Can you do it shorter? Right? Mm-hmm. Um, feels like it's a lot of time to get away for some of you, and we totally get that. So we've decided to do a condensed version of our retreats, and we're going to bring it to you in a weekend.
0: Yeah. You know what I love about this is we go to Idlewild, California pretty frequently and it feels like a retreat escape like into the woods and just like almost like summer camp. It's so much fun. And I love that we decided to sort of merge the work that we do in these intensive experiences with the fun that we have in Idlewild and um, just like being out in this like really beautiful setting together.
2: Totally. So I'm actually going to invite y'all into my home. And we are going <laughs> to have it at my house in my beautiful setting in Idlewild, California, July 14th through 16th. We're going to have a small number of spaces because it is going to be a more condensed version and there's less space than these giant ones that we usually do. So get on it if you're interested. But, you know, you know what to expect if you're listening to this. You know what Danae and I love to talk about. So there'll be <laughs> all the good things. You know how we do. You know how we do. Codependency <laughs> recovery, um, interdependence, shadow work. Yes.
0: All the things that we love to talk about at nauseum, but we're giving you an opportunity to dive in those deep waters with us and like really get in it in a pretty condensed weekend immersive.
2: Yeah. So if you're interested, there is a longer, more detailed explanation of what to expect uh, at the link in both of our bios, either of our bios. So get on it, y'all. It's going to sell out quick, July 14th through 16th in Idlewild, California. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. We're going to talk this morning about what it means to live a life untamed. Okay. Um, most of us know the book, the book by Glennon Doyle, Untamed, and it became wildly popular for a reason. If you haven't read that book yet, please do. The reason why I'm mentioning it is because oh, my glasses with these circles, I'll just do this and not be able to see you. <laughs> The plight of the blind girl. Um, if you have not read Untamed yet, I highly suggest it as a book. I actually have my clients, most of my clients read it, men or women, doesn't matter. The reason why I bring it up is because that word has almost become like synonymous with um, like Untamed has become synonymous with her book. So I just wanted to put that out there. But Danae and I are also talking about it a lot, which I just saw her. Um, so I was just setting it up with everybody, uh, explaining, you know, I was kind of joking about how the word untamed has become like synonymous with Glennon Doyle's book <laughs> and how that's not a bad thing. You know, I, I kind of tell every client I have, man or woman, to read that book anyway, because it's a game changer for all of us. So what I did first and foremost was I put up a poll, and I've done a few of these polls actually, where I asked people uh, what it meant to them. To live an untamed life, and I want to pull in a couple of those comments that y'all put in because I thought they were fucking magic, um, and they're exactly what Danae and I talk about. So we'll weave those in to our conversation as well. So I was just saying that I I posted you know a question for to get some responses from other people about what it meant to live an untamed life, and I thought they were so beautiful and profound that I wanted to kind of weave them into our conversation. Um, so maybe. I don't know if you want to start with what we feel like living an untamed life means, or if I should start with some of these.
0: Sure, Um, sure to both. I don't know. Um, What do you think? Let's
2: let's let's go through these, and then we can kind of add on to them because there's some really profound ones. So, um, the first one was really simple and was just speaking up and standing up for what I believe in, and I was like, that. "That." love that. Um, So when I think of living an untamed life, and I think about how speaking up plays into that, right? I feel like it's us breaking out of being taught to keep our opinions to ourselves, stay small, stay calm, stay quiet, stay unemotional, right? Um, and, And there's something about reclaiming your truth in the process of speaking up, right? Especially I think as somebody who I myself, I know that I am usually a very loud and talkative person. I'm very extroverted, but in my intimate relationships, I am quite the opposite, right? I tend to swing to the other, like, sweep things under the rug and not speak up. Um, And so I know a lot of people who also struggle with that, and it can really create some very unhealthy dynamics in our relationship. And it's something that I personally have been tackling a lot, I think, since I started trying to live more of an untamed life.
0: Yeah, I think if we think about what is the why underneath, why we sweep things under the rug and we attempt to keep things copacetic and everybody happy, it's, you know, um, we attempt to maintain attachments. We have this need for belonging. It's a very human need, but I think what ends up happening is we believe that we're sort of solidifying a sense of belonging in our relationships. And it's actually the opposite because when we are pleasing, attempting to go along, to get along, just like keep everything um, good between us, we kind of, what i found, have this like undertone of if this person ever really saw the real me, um, they could leave, right? Like it's the reason we sort of have for belonging, as I often say, is because we believe that if we didn't, we wouldn't be lovable in the essence of who we are, right? Um there's this Maya Angelou quote that I'll like butcher it, but I love it. But she talks about, um, you're only free when you belong, no place. Like when you belong nowhere, you belong everywhere. Um, Mm -hmm. because that's like your, your essence. And until you can be in the space of like, take it or leave it, this is who I am. Um, you can't actually experience authentic belonging anyway. You know what I mean?
2: Yes. I love that. Um, so somebody else said, not being constrained by internal conditioning. Mm.
0: Mm. Not being constrained by internal conditioning. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's like the, the inquiry around like, where did this truth come from? Is this my truth? This is somebody else's truth. How do I know this is the truth? Right. And I think a lot of times what (laughs) I like to guide clients into if they're in the space where they feel like they're not sure is normally there's a should statement attached to whatever the thing is. Um, And if it's like, can I shift away from the shoulds into more of the space of my authentic desire? A lot of times I find that we can get more in that space of like, what do I truly believe to be true for myself versus like what my conditioning has taught me?
2: Right. And I think, I think you're right. I think it's doing an inquiry into if there's a should attached to it. I think sometimes working with people around the concept of parts work right or really like mindfulness around whose voice is that right like where did we learn that and starting to really follow the thread back to um, who taught us that this was the only way the right way and that this way was not the way or the right way right Um, and really doing the work of going back and, and starting to have those aha moments around like oh I remember when either that happened or I just know that that's a message that I've received from everyone in my life or because I've grown up watching the women in my life act that way or the men in my life act that way. Right. And then when you're able to go, oh, that's where that that origin point of that is. That's a lot of times when you can start to circle that origin point and start to unravel it and be like, does that feel authentic for you? Does that feel true for you? Right. And I mean, it's such a profound moment when you have that like, oh, shit, there it is uh, that I have seen just change so many people's lives. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think we're seeing it happen more and more just in general across the board. Right. People are really challenging so many of the systems that I think up until very recently, it's like, it's been like, just keep your head down and don't say anything. Don't speak up. Don't buck the system. Right. And I think a lot of, a lot of us are at a point where we're like, yeah, but the system doesn't work for me. Like I'm not benefiting, like I'm not happy in this system. So like, why am I just following along with it? Right. It doesn't make any sense to me. And it's refreshing, I think to see those kind of conversations happening because people are getting to write a life and a story that aligns more for them. Yeah. I mean, I think it's,
0: you know, I feel like these are song lyrics, like somebody's song lyrics that say um, everybody dies, but not everybody lives. And I feel like there's a realization that I'm seeing happen collectively that this is it this is the ride that we know for sure we get like you know we could conceivably believe in reincarnation I do but um but we don't know what context we will come back as or you know you could come back as a frog I don't know um but the point being if this is my life um and this is the ride like how do I want to live like how do I want to define what a beautiful, full life is for myself versus having some structure outside of me say, this is what it means and looks like to live a good life. And if it doesn't feel good to me on the inside, does it really matter what someone else has defined as a good life to live? Do you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, I love that. Um, okay. So another one that somebody wrote in about what it means to them to live an untamed life is tuning more into my values and prioritizing what makes me happy. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think I, I skipped actually down to read this one instead, like based on what we were just talking about, because I do think there's, I don't know if caveat's the right word, but a lot of times when people first come to me uh, and or they first start doing this kind of work, and I know myself too, I, there's a lot of like, yeah, but I don't even know what my values are. Like I don't even know what makes me happy. I don't even know what makes me feel alive, right? And so sometimes it feels daunting or overwhelming or, you know, um yeah that i don't know so how do i do that if i don't even know right and i explain so often about how identity work is like the crux of all of this right uh that through they're all connected i guess is what i'm I'm stumbling around trying to say so like for example if i realize that let's go back to not speaking up if i realize that not speaking up is something that's getting in the way of me having intimate and vulnerable relationships Mm -hmm. and i start to focus myself my energy on that right in focusing on that, which is perceived as just one thing, one thing in my life or my relationships, I'm going to start to learn more about myself. I am going to start to learn more about who I am, what lights me up, what do I prioritize, what do I value? Because every time I start to unravel one of these little things, they're all part of a larger identity structure, right? And so I want people to understand that you don't just come out the gate sometimes like, well, here are my values, and my priorities, and from now on, forever and ever, I'm going to value those. Sometimes you got to start with like laying the bricks, laying the foundations of that sense of self by tackling boundaries, speaking up, uh, you know, a lot of the codependent behaviors that you and I talk about.
0: Yeah,
2: I think when we think about what it is to do,
0: therapy or all of the various healing modalities and do the work of um, what I believe is starting to really be in relationship with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I think that just like every other relationship, the relationship we have with who we are is alive and it's a living, breathing organism and it's like constantly shifting and evolving and changing. But I think so many of us have never been taught. And I can't remember who we were talking to, somebody on the podcast, but they were talking about how in certain cultures, they teach children this, like not only how to be in relationships with others, but how to be in relationship with yourself and what that means, right? Like how to be in the space of doing this mindfulness work and like tuning in what's happening in my body. What does that mean to me? How do I know? Where do I feel it? You know, what do I need to sort of bring myself back to a space where I feel a little bit more regulated? Um, What's the story I'm telling telling myself about if I don't people please, or if I don't sweep this thing under the rug, can I love myself through it? Can I hold myself with compassion around what that's bringing up for me? But most of us didn't get those tools when we were little. And so it's not shaming ourselves that we don't know how to do that. It's just saying, yeah, like, here's where we get started. Here's how we start to do that. These are the tools that we start to put in our toolkit. And then I believe the relationship with ourselves. Um, informs the way we are way we are able to be in relationship with everybody else, but we got to have that solid foundation of me first
2: yeah it 's like a it 's like a symbiotic relationship right like I do the work around these specific kind of things that i 'm trying to quote unquote heal heal from mm-hmm. which then which then creates a solid sense of self or relationship with self, which then creates a more solid self relationship with others right and they all just kind of feed into each other in this like beautiful symbiotic way um and you can 't pull any of them out on their own like they actually all coexist together and they don't stand alone that's just not how this kind of work works right yeah um okay so then another one how do i live or what does living an untamed life mean to me freedom and full expression unapologetically oh. <laughs> i love that
0: um you know, I feel like all these quotes are coming in as we talk about this. I was thinking about that Peter Crone quote that, you know, I love where he says life will like give you the people and circumstances to demonstrate where you are not free. I believe like the point of our lives is to get a little bit more free and then a little bit more free and then a little bit more liberated and living a little bit more in alignment with the truth of how we want to live. But I think, um, all of the pain points and the wounding that we all inevitably experience in our lives gives us these um, constraints and they're like constraints in our mind most of the time that keep us from really being free and really um, allow, you know, it's like, have you ever seen that cartoon where there's like a man who's like behind bars, but on either side of him, there's no bars. Yeah. And he like, he feels like he can't get out because he's behind these bars. But if he just looked in either direction, he would realize he, he's completely free to walk around the bars. But I think that's so many of us mm-hmm. for so much of our lives, we believe we're in a cage, but it's a cage of our own making based on what we have been conditioned to believe is true about what we're allowed to do, what our lives should look like, all of the things Um but it's like the healing is really coming into deeper layers of liberation from my perspective.
2: Yeah. And I think the healing also comes with coming into a different kind of relationship with the fear Mm -hmm. that keeps us standing behind those bars, even though we see on either side that we can move. Right. Because I mean, I think it's almost impossible to have the conversation about what it means to live an untamed life without also talking about how there are certain people and structures that benefit from us staying tame. Right? And so. When we start to unpack the fear around what it means to be free, the fear or or taking our freedom, right? Or the fear around speaking up unapologetically and expressing unapologetically. And we sit with like, where, what is that fear? Where did that come from? Why is that a part of my internal system? And we start to really realize that, again, there are people and structures that benefit from us staying afraid and that by continuing to stay behind those bars, we are actually continuing to stay and work in this system, it just starts to open your mind to like you and I always kind of jokingly talk about living in the matrix, right? It starts to kind of like break free where you're like, who am I doing this for? Who is this benefiting? Because it's not benefiting me. It's not benefiting my relationships, right? And it just really helps you pull back, depersonalize, uh, see that actually it's not really about you in a way, um, which I guess is the same as depersonalizing. But that for me, I think has been a really profound catalyst in like this next level of my healing. Um, You know, I think maybe level one was like unpacking family of origin stuff, doing some parts work, understanding what that critical voice was. And then like leveling up and being like, oh shit, I'm part of a system that wants me to stay afraid. Oh, fuck that. I'm not doing that anymore. Um, Yeah. It was like a real level up. I think when I start to realize that. that. Yeah. Um, Okay. And then we'll, we can do this last one, which is, um, oh wait, there's two good ones. So to let go of being enough for anyone, but myself.
0: Yeah. You won't be. (laughs)
2: Um, You will never be enough for anyone but yourself, right? Yeah, because it's not personal.
0: It's like you just said, right? Like whatever someone else's experience is of who you are is a complete projection based on their life experiences. So I think the outside in game that most of us have been conditioned to play versus the inside out life is, it's futile. It's just so unbelievably like a waste of energy because you will never, what is that Ricky Nelson song? Like- you won't please everyone. So you've got to please yourself. Like you're just not going to. And what I think is so profound, and I think we were talking about this at our last retreat a lot, is when you take the chance to bet on yourself mm-hmm. in essence and the truth of who you are, that is how your people know how to find you, right? Like I was working with Ashley and um, Millie, who were co facilitating with us last time, and we were sitting in a bar <laughs> drinking frosty drinks, playing with Oracle. at night we were like this is what happens like when you really lean in like what you love and what turns you on you find your people and you just like attract people that feel the same way but if you're attempting to tap dance for belonging and fit yourself into places where you just want to be accepted but you can't showcase the truth of who you are then you never really exhale into that space of like yeah We love the same things and these conversations feel like aliveness. And I think to me, that's so much of um, what we're missing out on when we don't take the chance to do that. Well,
2: we also perpetuate the story of we're not enough, right? I was just doing a coaching on demand last night with somebody who reached out and was in a whirlwind of codependency. And I was like, whoa, 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 let's break this shit down. And what I was saying on my, on my response, my audio response was, um, well, we have to understand about the ego, right? I was like, I'm going to break this down in like a really elemental way. The ego's number one job and role is to keep itself safe, right? Not even necessarily keep you safe, but keep itself safe. Almost like we could separate it from the self, capital S, right? And so I'm saying, I'm like, well, what does that mean? It cannot be wrong ever, right? And it will fight against being wrong. I was like, so even if the story the ego has about itself is that I am not enough. I don't belong. I'm not lovable. Right. It will do its best to find ways to prove that narrative to itself because the opposite of that, I am lovable. I do belong. I am enough. That means the ego is wrong. Mm -hmm. Right. And so we have to understand that the ego, you know, it serves a really good purpose for a lot of us, but also it can get in the way of us actually finding these people, finding, you know, our people, because, if we did that, if we started living unapologetically and started surrounding ourselves with people who were like us, it would be proving the ego wrong. See, I am enough. See, I, I, I'm allowed to reach for what I want. See, I am a- allowed to find, like, what makes me happy. Um, and I found, like, really understanding the ego in that way, again, it's a depersonalizing. It makes it easier for me to be like, oh, what am I trying to prove to myself right now? What is the story that my ego is hell bent on proving to itself right now? And if I can really articulate that, I can almost like get around um, and get out from underneath that, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. I love that, babe. And I think you can tell that we're in the space of the ego because it's the voice of fear, right? And then if I can identify, if I weren't afraid what would that voice be saying to me? Right. And yes, we all need an ego and the ego will come back. Like we're not going to escape yeah. the ego. It's not about off the fact that we have an ego. Um, it's just identifying it for what it is. Right. Like we need to not walk off a cliff. Like we need to be afraid of some things. Right. And I think, often the ego goes into overdrive to your point and makes life something to be afraid of because we can always find what could conceivably go wrong if that's what we're searching for. But so often we're not in the space of getting curious about what could go so very right if I were able to open my heart to the possibility of love, right? Yes.
2: Amen. Well, I think maybe this is a good point to transition into why are we so obsessed with the topic of living an untamed life, right? So Danae and I, for those who don't know, we are going to lead a weekend intensive. We've done a lot of week longs and we heard some feedback that that's just understandably really hard for some of you to get away from your lives for a week. It's hard for us, too. So we thought about why don't we start implementing some more weekends when we can. And so we're going to do one July 14th through 16th here in Southern California In Idlewilds, California, which is up in the mountains above Palm Springs, Palm Desert. Um, And we are going to basically do a condensed version of what we would do in our week long, right? So we want to give you guys some really tangible tools to be able to bring back out into your life to keep doing exactly what it is that we're talking about, to really dig in. And also, by the way, start to write for yourself what an untamed life looks like, Mm -hmm. because it's going to be different for all of us. And I think part of this practice is actually writing what that looks like for you, right?
0: I love that. And then what I
2: love about this
0: particular weekend is that we're going up to your place in Idlewild. And I think, you know, so often it's like the conversations that we love to have like we always say like we geek out on this stuff but it's literally like you know we're inviting you guys to come up and have the conversations with us that we love to have about healing and like how we get in there and how we do this work but we're going to do it in a little bit of like a summer camp setting at the at the it's almost the end of summer by the time we're there right i guess mid-july But yeah but your place is just so magical and the air up in Idlewild is, uh, it's unbelievable. I love it up there. So I'm excited that we get to invite some people to come and share that space with us.
2: Agreed. So it's going to be like, you know, two and a half, three days of workshopping with you and I, we're also going to have our lovely friend, Sarah up there, um, leading some ice plunge therapy, which we'll see if today. I actually do it. John's like, you have to, it's your retreat. I'm like, you don't have to, <laughs> have to. I hear it's profound y'all. Sarah will sell you on it all day. Um, Living- Glad me <laughs> stay <warm. laughs> I say stay warm. That's my untamed life. Um, Sarah's going to see this and laugh at both of us. Um, but she's going to be leading some guided hikes. Uh, so we're going to be doing some nature therapy as well. Um, and so it's just going to be a time away. Like you said, it's like summer camp. You're like in the trees, there's a sauna, there's all kinds of fun things to get into. So, please come and hang with us for the weekend, July 14th through 16th. The links in either one of our bios, if you're interested, or just DM me if you have any questions. Um, but we'll just keep talking about this because we obviously very much believe in living an untamed life. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Have a good rest of your Friday. Okay, guys. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to share it with a friend,
0: subscribe, and give us a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.
2: And if you want to connect with us more, find us on Instagram at Cheaper Than Therapy, the podcast.
1: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen,